we know that heading into post-secondary and into your gap year, the number one stressor for young people is finances. And so we brought in the big guns today to talk to you all about scholarships and how to leverage your gap year to get that free money that's out there. How do you, uh, first of all, find those experiences that are going to look really good on your scholarship applications? And then how do you communicate all of the value that you have and what sets you apart as a gap year student on all of those applications? So take a listen to Janet. She is the expert on all things scholarships, and we are connecting that to your gap year experience. Take a listen. sharing their stories, ideas, and experts diving deep into how you can make the right decisions in order to have a meaningful gap year. This is the place to be no matter where you are on your gap year journey. I'm Michelle Dittmer, your resident gap year expert. Let's jump right in. Welcome to the Gap Year Podcast. My name is Michelle Dittmer and I am your host and Gap Year expert. Uh, today I have the wonderful Janet McDonald with me from my campus GPS. Um, Janet is the expert on everything scholarship. And so we get a lot of questions about gap years and scholarships. And so Janet is here today to clear all of that up for us. So Janet, do you want to uh, just give a little hello and give us a little bit of background on on who you are and what my campus GPS is all about. Sure. Okay. Thanks, Michelle, for inviting me here today. Uh, yeah, so I'm Janet McDonald. I'm a former university admissions officer. So I was in admissions at Dalhousie University in Halifax and at UBC in Vancouver. And I was the uh, coordinator for a scholarship program at Dalhousie University as well. So um, that's kind of my background. And basically how I came up with uh, my business, my campus GPS is, you know, through those years, many years of working with students and parents, I discovered that many of them uh, were missing out on scholarship opportunities simply because they didn't know much about scholarships. So they didn't know how to find them. They didn't know how to apply for them. And what was even worse is that they didn't know that they qualified for scholarships when they actually did. So, you know, it used to be in the past that scholarships were only for top students, but that has changed and it, it has changed to the point where there has never been a better time in history for scholarships. And by that, I mean different kinds of scholarships for different kinds of students. So of course there are still scholarships for top students, but it doesn't end there. There are all kinds of different kinds of scholarships for different kinds of students now. Um, so there's really kind of this great opportunity out there. And uh, like I say, I, I noticed that a lot of students didn't know that and, and therefore they were missing out on these opportunities. So, you know, I knew something about scholarships. They needed to know something about scholarships. So you put those two things together. And that's how I came up with my campus GPS. And basically what I do is I, I help my school students and uh, uh, to find and apply for scholarships. That's pretty 
simple. That's awesome. And I think such a needed thing. I really like that you highlighted that people don't know that there is money out there available to them. And whether that's for uh, particular things you've been involved in, your ethnic background, your place of residence, your interests, your abilities, your skills, your talents, um, there's really something out there for everyone. And let's not let that money go unclaimed. Like put your name in the hat, get out there and get those applications in um, because post-secondary is not cheap. Um, so anything that you can get to support you on that journey means that uh, you're going to have a little bit more financial independence and the ability to uh, make other things happen in your life, which I think is so cool. Yeah. And I think that in addition to the money, the money is great. Okay. So we're, we're not going to skip over the fact that the money is great, but you know, the other thing that I think it's important that students understand is that scholarships are, are not just about money. I mean, of course, the, like I say, money is great. Um, and that's probably the first reason why students, you know, um, engage in the process. But um, there are other benefits to scholarships that not a lot of students know or understand. Um, so for example, you know, um, having a, a scholarship on your record um, can you know, give some weight to whatever it is that you are applying for, whether that is a job or whether that is maybe eventually down the road applying for, you know, some kind of professional program, medicine, law, or something like that. It's a mark of success. It's a credential on your record, and that can help you then to reach your next goal. So I'd like students to kind of think a little bit more broadly about the benefits of scholarships other than just the money, because those other benefits might be more valuable to you down the line than, than the money. And as far as having that, that mark or that, that um, credential on your record, it doesn't even matter if the scholarship is 50 bucks, <laughs> you know, put it on, you don't have to put, the, oftentimes you don't have to put the amount, but it's a mark of success on your record. Put it down, be proud of it and, and let it kind of do some work for you. I love that perspective because a lot of recent graduates coming out of university or college their resumes are almost indistinguishable from one another um, because, because you're just young in your career. You might not have a ton of experience or work experience. And to be able to have those, those other um, weighted value things on your resume, it's what's going to set you apart if, against that other person who has their, their BA as well. If you're, if you're neck and neck, those scholarships can tip you over the edge. And recruiters or people in jobs, they like to, they're, they're not very good at gambling. They want something that's a sure bet. And if you have listed that you've, somebody else has vetted you and said, yes, this person is worthy of something, that goes a long way. I've hired a lot of first year or recent graduates um, in past jobs and, and anything that sets you apart, anything where somebody else is going to vouch for you, um, that, that holds a lot of weight, especially early on in your career. Absolutely. And that's why I say scholarships beget scholarships, you know, in, in that respect of, you know, kind of like almost like a laddering effect. Once you win one, it helps you to win more. Or like you say, it could be the difference if, if it's between you and another candidate who is equally, 
you know, as good as you or whatever, um, you know, that could be the thing that makes the difference. And, uh, and so, like I say, the value can be bigger in the long term than Mm -hmm. you even realize. Yeah. And I think that ties nicely back to the gap year too, in terms of differentiating yourself and doing something different. And even for a lot of our gappers, having more time and capacity to research scholarships and then to put together really quality applications. So I'm curious if you have any advice or suggestions on how somebody on a gap year can really leverage this time when it comes to the scholarship process. Absolutely. So, you know, um, I, I, I would think, you know, part of what I do is try to make things easier, faster and better for for people right in this process. But, you know, one of the things that I would suggest uh, a person on their gap year do is try to become a bit of a scholarship expert, because it's not just going to benefit you that one particular year. Scholarships could be part of your future, you know, for your entire post-secondary career, which could go on for several years, you know. So there will be opportunities for scholarships all throughout your your post-secondary career. So, you know, it's not just a one-time thing. So, you know, become a bit of an expert on scholarships and how to find them. So become familiar with the search engines, how they work, um, you know, set up your profile, get good at at finding them. And then, um, you know, I think once you start to find some, you'll start to understand that there are some common things. You'll understand first that they're all different. And that's why it takes a bit of time, you know, to do this stuff. Um, They're all different because they're offered by different funders. And it is the funder who determines everything about the scholarship. So how much is for, who it's for, you know, if there's an essay, what the essay is about, the, the organization that's offering the money, they determine everything. So they're all different because all of those funders are different. But there are some common things that that occur with many of them. So you will start to catch on that there, hey, there's, I'm seeing this type of theme over and over again. So some of those themes that you'll see are um, basically in the, especially in the essays, they're going to be asking a lot about, a lot of self-reflection questions. Mm-hmm. And so it would be helpful for you to um, start to develop your self-reflection skills, I guess you would say, you know, why did I do these things? What did I learn from these experiences? This is what you see time and again in these scholarship applications, especially in the essays. So that would be something that um, I would suggest that, you know, students can start to develop that. You might even start to uh, develop some content around some of those themes that you see that are common so that at least you have something, some kind of starting point. So when you actually do get down to writing those applications, you have some content that's already created, you understand the process. Um, So it'd be just a great opportunity to become a bit of an expert that will carry you through for these opportunities that you will have for years to come. I love it. Now, when you say creating content, um, a lot of our our gappers are big into becoming content creators on YouTube, on Instagram and things like that. Um, uh, And and there's also the written word. So when you say content, what do you what do you mean when you're talking about that? 
Well, I mostly mean written content, mm -hmm. but you know, some of the scholarships are now have students who will, who are able to um, submit video um, submissions and things like that. So there are different formats now. Um, I would still suggest though, getting comfortable with the written format, um, because that's probably still where the majority are going to be. Um, but you know, you could, a, a very common type of theme or question on an application is, tell us about your most meaningful volunteer experience. Why was it important to you? What did you learn from this experience? Very common, okay? Um, so that is something that, that alone, answering that question, the content that you develop through answering that, that question could probably part, I'm not talking about just cutting and pasting and putting into every single application. Um, you, obviously you tailor it to each individual application, make sure that it's, um, it fits and it's, you know, you might, you might have to tweak, um, but you don't have to start from scratch. So, you know, you have some content, you kind of get the idea of things and you have that and you're kind of ready to go. And my thing is also about strategy you know like what's their strategy so the strategy here is to apply for as many scholarships as possible um in the least amount of time possible let's do this the most efficient way and um, by reusing that content there is nothing wrong with doing that it's what i suggest you do if you can it's the smart way to do it um, it's, it is the smart way that students do it um so that you can apply for more scholarships in less time Awesome. I think that that's key. Um, and I have I have two kind of follow up questions for you on that. Um, the first was around the the um, the content that they're that they're producing. So you use the example of your most meaningful volunteer experience. So we just launched the uh, gap year scholarship. So we're, we're giving out gap year scholarships and the way we're evaluating them on questions similar to that is not on the activity that they did. So it's not about the fact that you started a puppy mill rescue organization and you save burn puppies from burning buildings and it's, it's amazing, compelling that activity, but it's actually more for us about the, the reflection and the connecting and the, the self-awareness that you were talking about, what did that experience, what did that volunteer experience mean for you? So the experience could for us have been, I spent an afternoon picking up garbage, but the reflection part, it made me realize X, Y, and Z about the world. It made me realize ABC about myself, and this is how it's going to shape my future decisions. And the fact that you spent an afternoon picking up garbage isn't rated less than saving puppies from burning buildings. It's, it's mm -hmm. the reflection. And is that, is that true for, for other scholarships as well? Oh, absolutely. That's absolutely true. So yeah, it, it doesn't necessarily matter so much about what has been done versus, like you say, that, that demonstrating self-knowledge, um, you know, that shows maturity to be able to show that type of self-reflection. Um, and then, like you say, making that connection kind of to the, the larger lessons, the kind of life lessons that came from that. And then how are you going to use that in the future? How has that changed you? Um, how is that going to um, 
you know, shape your future and how you, how you do that. And it's important, it's important though, that if that, if that experience happened a while ago, you need to say then how it did change you. You can't just say, oh, well, you know, it changed me, but, but then you don't prove that it changed you. Like you don't say how. So, you know, you want to definitely, it's always about demonstrating, right? Mm -hmm. It's about demonstrating how that changed you and, and, if it just happened, then discuss how it's going to inform your future. But if it happened in the past, tell them how it informed your future. I love that. And I think it's important for a couple of reasons, because I think some people feel that their experiences aren't as valuable or as grandiose as other people, and therefore they think they shouldn't apply. Um, and I just want to encourage you that even if you have what you consider smaller experiences or, um, or things that seem a little more basic than your peers, that doesn't mean you will not be successful in the scholarship applications. There is so much more to it. And um, I, I like to use the nerdy experiential learning framework. Um, the what, what happened? What, what, what did you do? The, the um, so what, what did that mean? And then the now what, 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 what are you going to do with that information? So those basic three questions, what, so what, now what, um, it's nice, a nice simple way to, to get yourself thinking that way. Um, and you can practice that on a daily basis when you experience something. Go through in your head while you're lying in bed thinking about your day and, and go through the what, so what, now what, and, and get practiced in making those connections because that will make your, your application so much stronger in the future. Mm -hmm. And I do, I really like the so what, because often, you know, students think, well, I have to list all of these things, like, like a grocery list. Mm -hmm. I did this, I did that, I did this, I did that. But it, but that doesn't tell us why you did those things. It doesn't tell us what you learned from doing those things. So that's the so what. Mm -hmm. And then the now what is very important too, because one of the main things that the scholarship funders are going to be looking for is the initiative. How did you take initiative? How did you say there was a need there? I, I filled it or there was something and I did something about it. So it that's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of weight put on the whole initiative part mm -hmm. of things. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I love it. And, and that kind of transitions into my next question for you. What about using your gap year to strengthen your experiences for those, those scholarship applications, either for your first year or for the subsequent years, like you said? So what are some things that, that young people could do on their gap year that would bolster their ability to, to earn these scholarships in the long run? Yeah, so I think it's important to go back to what you said. It's not necessarily about what you do. Mm -hmm. It's about what you the skills that you developed and what you learned from the experience. So I'd like to kind of get away maybe from giving you specific examples of mm -hmm. things. I mean, we can, we can talk about that if you want, but, um, and that's, you know, what I do with students is I, we come up, we brainstorm to come up with some specific things that they can do to, you know, optimize their, their activities, I guess you would say. But I, I like to just start with the whole thing about, um, first of all, I will say that leadership is kind of your best 
buck. Mm. <laughs> it's the it's the most bang for your buck activity. Okay. And that's again, that's what I bring is that strategy to to, you know, use your time in the most effective and the most the best way possible. So even though you're on a gap year, you don't have all the time in the world, you still need to use your time to the to the best to your best advantage. And so with that in mind, a, a leadership role is going to be your best bang for the buck activity. Mm -hmm. So what that means, though, is I'd like students to start to think about leadership in a much broader way than they might do now. So it's not leadership is not necessarily just tied to a role like a title or a position. There are opportunities for leadership everywhere. It's basically any time you take responsibility for something and what you're doing serves or helps others in some way. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's a really broad definition. And once you start to think about it that way, you can see lots of different opportunities for it. So, you know, in, in that, um, you know, with that, that type of leadership role, think about how can I do something that is going to give me, you know, that, that responsibility for something where I'm helping other people um, in something obviously that I want to do, <laughs> that I enjoy doing. Okay, that's key. And sometimes, you know, students don't think enough about that. Um, we, you know, you, you want to do something that you're really, you know, interested in. So I kind of think about the three eyes of leadership, something that you're interested in, you take initiative in that area, and then you try to make an impact in that area. So, you know, um, it, what you can start to do really is start to, to think about, like take a more thoughtful and kind of deliberate approach to your leadership. Read, there are thousands of books on leadership or just do some Google searches and start to think about what kind of leader do I wanna be? Um, how do I want people to see me? But some of the skills that you wanna think about developing through whatever activity, you know, it, it might be things like recruiting people, motivating people, um, bringing people together um, with a common kind of um, interest or purpose and reaching a consensus on how to move forward with that um, and, and kind of identifying the best skills in other people to help them to, you know, to, to help you to assign them tasks, keeping them on task, um, evaluating the impact of whatever it is that you did. Mm -hmm. These are the types of, you know, skills that you want to think about developing. And it, that can be developed through a lot of different things and, and in a lot of different ways. Um, but then that will help you, like I say, I just, I, by taking a more kind of thoughtful and deliberate approach to your leadership, and, and really kind of zoning in on how can I find something where I can develop those skills. When you do that and when you participate in whatever activity it is, you are going to have some fa fantastic content then to use on your, uh, on your scholarship applications. And you know because we're talking about scholarships, that's what I'm focused on here. But what we're really talking about is just incredible personal growth and mm -hmm. development. That's really what 
that's really what they're looking for in scholarship applications. So you need to go out there and you need to do these things that will help you to develop those things. And like you said, it doesn't have to be a huge save the world type of thing. It can be something quite small and, and grassroots, you know, in your own community. It's more important about what the skills are that you're developing and that the, the personal qualities and the character that you are mm -hmm. developing through that experience. Yeah, you're talking my language here. I love I love leadership. Um, I did my master's in leadership, actually, and we had tons of discussion around what does leadership look like. And um, I think it's important that all of these gappers understand that leadership doesn't mean being the boss. It doesn't mean being in charge. It doesn't mean necessarily starting something of your own. There are ways that you show up as a leader every single day. Um, and, and similar to the first example, when we were talking about the scope and the size and the, the perceived value of that, that um, experience, it's the same with your leadership. Um, you don't have to be the big head honcho running something major. Um, those those silent leaders or those those leaders on the side that are continually showing up and stepping in and making other people's lives easier or better or more efficient. Um, that that has a lot of weight too. And I want you to think about that and think about how you are a leader because a lot of people are scared to attach that um, that title or that role to them when I think if you sat down with somebody like Janet, she'd be able to pull out 10 examples from things you've been involved in um, that show leadership qualities. So don't be, mm -hmm. don't be intimidated by that term um, because we all have those leadership qualities. And for the scholarships it's a, and, and jobs and everything, it's about how do you communicate your leadership capabilities. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And it's, and it's um, by, by, by thinking about leadership much more broadly and that kind of, you know, taking responsibility for something um, and, and using what you're doing to help other people, it means you don't have to wait for an opportunity to come to you and you don't have to wait to be elected into a role or something into a position. You can start to see opportunities all the time mm -hmm. in front of you ways that you can and and start out small if you want to start like just start out small if you don't have much experience the other thing is you want to be very um, aware that doing this is going to cause your self-doubt to come to your into your mind a lot at different points right it's not just the, even in the beginning it's it, it can happen at different points and I, I always tell students that, you know, you will have self-doubt through this process because you're doing something different. You're, do, you're trying something new. You know, there's a risk of failure, absolutely. But that's where the personal growth happens. It's not in doing the same things over and over again. So of course you're going to have self-doubt. Everybody does. It's normal. It's natural. Just you know, acknowledge that it's there because it, it's there and it's normal and it's natural, but don't let it hold you back from being, from doing that thing that, that is going to give you that great personal growth. So acknowledge it. Yep. It's there. It's normal. It's a natural part of this process and just continue on and, and do what it is that you want to do. 
Yeah. And own your greatness, own the skills that you have. Um, don't, this is not a time to be humble um, and to hide or to downplay the things that you, you are capable of. Um, this is a time to, to share that with the world. Um, and that's, that's a powerful thing. And it can feel very overwhelming to say those words, maybe for the first time, like I am a leader. Um, and to see that on paper, it can scare us a little bit saying, Oh, who, who am I to say that I'm a leader? Um, but, but when you back it up with the, the anecdotal stories or um, co comments from other people that have have showcased that you you do, you are a leader or you do take initiative. Um, there's nothing wrong with putting those things down on paper. Um, it's it's mm -hmm. a very great experience and it's it can help us to understand just how fantastic we actually are because sometimes we 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 don't take time to actually put that down on paper and say no these are the things that I'm good at these are the things that other people have told me I'm good at these are the things that I excel at these are things that I enjoy um, and seeing that all in one place can sometimes feel like bragging or feel uncomfortable. And, uh, and this is the place to talk about those things and, and to show other people just how fantastic you are. And that can take us into an uncomfortable place sometimes. Yeah. And I know I, uh, I work with a lot of students who, who struggle with that. They'll say, isn't that mm -hmm. bragging? Like, do I really say that? And, you know, I get that it might seem that way because you know, we're told by everybody, especially by, you know, you're probably by your peers that they don't, they'll tell you the moment, you, you know, you're starting to feel like bragging. Um, but this is not that this is, this is something that's completely different. You are just stating facts. You're not embellishing, you're not making stuff up. You're just telling what you did. And, and you're, like you say, you're backing it up with, with evidence, basically. And remember, they want to know this. You're just telling them what they want to know. You know, so when you kind of look at it from that perspective, um, it, it's easier to get past those and that natural kind of feeling maybe that, hey, it, you know, isn't this bragging? No, it's not bragging. It's just stating facts and it's telling them what it is that they want to know. Amazing. Well, I could talk to you for hours, um, but I have one very specific gap year question for you before we oh, okay. wrap up. Um, so some scholarships do stipulate on them that you need to be moving directly from grade 12 into post-secondary. Um, how common is this and what, if anything, can you do about that if it's written into the fine print, but you do know you need to take or you want to take a gap year? Mm -hmm. So I think there, I, I do think that it is quite common, mm -hmm. although I think it's becoming less common. I think funders are starting to understand that there are different pathways for different students. So that's good. That's positive. Um, but, um, but there are going to be some of those. Absolutely. I think what you can do is, I mean, if you wanted to take the initiative, you could contact the funder and ask them. So each funder, like, like I said before, each funder determines everything about the scholarship. So that, in, that includes the rules and regulations and, and policies and all of that sort of stuff. So you could contact the funder and, and explain, this is my situation, blah, 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 and, um, and ask them if they will accept application, an application from mm -hmm. you. And it might be something that they have never really considered before. 
So, you know, um, it, but it will be up to the funder to determine that. And they definitely can, um, I've seen it happen before where they have allowed students who didn't, you know, you, you would have to fit the criteria exactly other than that one mm -hmm. thing uh, mm -hmm. for the gap year. So if you fit the, the uh, qualifications exactly, but there's that, but it's just the gap year, then contact the funder, let them know and, um, and, you know, give them the opportunity to tell you whether or not you would then qualify. It may be written into their terms of reference or something that they can't, I mean, who knows, but I have seen them change some of that. Um, some of their kind of written rules, I guess you would say, um, uh, to allow other students to to apply. So it's worth it's definitely worth following up. Yeah, I think I think that's that's important for people to know. Don't just don't just throw in the towel. Don't give up on it um, because that email or that message can be really beneficial to you in the long run. And put put everything in there. Say this is why I will be an even better recipient after my gap year. This is, this is how I'm building on the things I talked about in my application on my gap year. This is how I'm going to take on more leadership and, and I will be a much more deserving person at the end. So how can we, how can we make this happen still? Yeah, uh, because, so because the, the funders want to see successful recipients. That's, that's what their, their goal is, is they want to give you a leg up and they want to be able to tell amazing stories about their recipients. Um, and so if you can show them how you are going to e be an even better gap or, or, or alum of that scholarship, then you're going to, you might be able to sway them a little bit. Exactly. So, you know, it, Unfortunately, the onus will be on you to, to educate them, but that's a good experience. That's a good, you know, skill for you to have as well. I mean, it's something that, that you will be doing for other things as well. So, um, so educate them a little bit about the benefits and, and what you will then gain by having this gap year. Awesome. And like I said, we can go on for hours, um, but if, if people did want to learn more from you, um, where can they find you and, and where could they, they maybe work with you if they, if they were interested in, in taking you up and making their, their life a little bit easier, quicker, more efficient to get those scholarships? Where, where can they find you? Yeah, so I'm at mycampusgps.ca. Um, and my, my email is just Janet at mycampusgps.ca. So if I can be of any help to anyone, that's what I love to do. Amazing. Well, thank you for spending time with us today. And uh, it's so valuable to hear all of these things. And we'll link to all of your stuff in the show notes. So if you want to learn more from Janet, um, just click on those links and we'll get you connected with her. So thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. Thanks, Michelle. It's been fun speaking with you.